Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 chance. Andrescu and Mertens 2-2 in the third set. U.S. Open quarterfinal. The Canadian lost the first set 6-3, then bouncing back to win the second set 6-2. Oh, and she just won this game. So now Bianca Andreescu up 3-2 in the third set of the U.S. Open quarterfinal. We will keep you updated on that one. Obviously, it will end uh, before we sign off at 8 o'clock. So we'll keep you posted there. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630 Ched. Did I give the wrong date for the uh, game, Kellen? I just got a text. Uh, that No, the Oilers' home opener is October 2nd. Somebody texted in, it's October 4th. It, it is October 2nd. They play Vancouver, and then they play the LA Kings on the 5th. So if you're going to the Oilers' home opener on October 4th, there will not be a game going on. But I appreciate that, because sometimes uh, I do say the wrong things, or my uh, mouth is going faster than my brain. So I appreciate that. But uh, it is October 2nd. The Oilers' regular season will start against Vancouver, then a home game against Todd McClellan and the LA Kings on October 5th, then a four-game road trip, Islanders, Devils, Rangers, and Chicago. That's how it'll start for the Oilers this season. Uh, you can always text 630-630 if you want to participate in the show or correct me, and sometimes I do need it. As you know, Kellen, how are you doing, buddy? Doing all right. How about you? Good. Is there is there not a wrestling show coming up in Edmonton, or did that happen already? Uh, September 21st. And is this, what, Fall WWE Fest 4000? Like, what is it called? No, the WWE Raw. Coming oh, it's town, a W. So. Are you going? Uh, if there's nothing happening, yeah. What do you mean <laughs> we'll if there's nothing happening? Well, work-wise, if I... I have it off, but I'm just saying that, you know, if something comes up or something, I'm needed well, here. Well, it's September 21st, you said? Yeah. There is not an Eskimos game. They play on the 20th. And I don't think there's and an Oilers game, There's not there? an Oilers preseason game. They play no. on the 20th, and uh, then I don't think they play again until the 24th. Which so is you can rare go. for late September. There's usually well, the, either the, one or the other, right? The uh, Well, the preseason for the Oilers, they what? They start with uh, four games in five days. They play Monday, yeah. Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Then they're, then they're back on the Tuesday after that. So you can go. Hey. Now, will there be a match of any significance? I haven't got a chance to look at the card yet. I don't think they've even announced a card yet for that uh, anywhere. Well, but, that's, just, um, that's just sad. I'm, I'm paying attention to the internet, and Who's if I find information, you'll be the first to know. Who's the champion now again? Uh, Seth Rollins. So would he possibly be in this? Yes. Oh, he is? Yeah, Seth, well, that's Seth, a big deal. Seth Rollins is confirmed to appear here on the 21st. Oh, well, that's good. That's really exciting. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'm sure if you go and when you get back, we'll, we'll talk about your experience. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, for sure. You've been to a lot of wrestling events. Absolutely. All right. The Oilers, uh, the rookie camp will start tomorrow. We had Jay Woodcroft on the show last night, the coach of the Bakersfield Condors. 
who will be running the rookie team for the Oilers. They play uh, games against the Flames rookies on Saturday in Red Deer and then Tuesday in Calgary. A bunch of Oilers uh, veterans or new Oilers skating in some informal skates downtown, including James Neal, who we've been talking about tonight. And, of course, in the summer, he trains with Connor McDavid. I, I, I've trained on him since he's... You know, in, since he was in the OHL and he was in the area before he was even drafted at Edmonton, but uh, he's just a great kid. He's uh, got a great personality and he, he's so competitive. And obviously, with the knee injury last year, he's had a tough summer. But the way he's worked and uh, you know, seeing him every day, the uh, you know the hours he puts in and how early he's at the gym and how late he is 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 pretty impressive. So um, got to spend lots of time with him and uh, you know really enjoyed that. So I know he's really excited for for the upcoming season and. Uh, like I said, he wants he wants to be in the playoffs, and uh, when you're one of the best players in the world, um, you want to be you want to win a Stanley Cup, and uh, you know I know that's at the top of his list. James Neal hoping to win a Stanley Cup as well. He uh, has been to the Stanley Cup final. Disappointing season individually for him last year with the Calgary Flames and in the playoffs as well. They won a bunch of games in the regular season, 50 for Calgary, only one in the playoffs, and this is a change of scenery situation for him. You know, I think last year was, uh, you know, you don't want to use excuses, but uh, it was tough for me, I think, you know, going... Uh, guys that have done it, you, know, you go back-to-back Stanley Cup finals, the, the wear and tear in your body and the... Uh, the ability to recover and, and get back to where you want to be is uh, it's just not there that's the reality of it and, um, you know I was worn down I went into uh, going to a new town uh, you know moving everything uh, everything was uh, was a big change for me and um, and then where I was playing was was, uh, was really hard so uh, I got a fresh start here that's in the past I had a great summer um, so uh, you know working with Connor and working with a lot of guys throughout the summer has been uh, give me a chance to get back to uh, to where I need to be, where I want to be, and, uh, and I know the player uh, I can be, and that I've uh, you know proven that over the years. So, a little hiccup last year, and, um, and I'll be back to uh, where I know I can be this year. Well, let's hope it's it's just a hiccup and uh, not of a sign of decline for James Neal, who has been a pure goal scorer, shooter during his time in the NHL. I mean, never a top tier goal scorer. Well, I guess he did get to 40 once, but uh, but a guy who's been very reliable. And of the many things the Oilers have been starving for over the years, one of them is a guy who will get a lot of shots on goal, will be a volume shooter, will be a deadly shooter, and who can maybe score the occasional goal from mid-range. Obviously, most goals in the NHL are scored from in tight, and you got to get to the net. But every once in a while, it's nice to have a guy who can maybe fire away, get his shot off from mid-range. And I think the Oilers are hoping that uh, Neil can bring that. Yeah, it's been great. Uh, obviously, it was... Uh you know, a good transaction in the, in the summer. So, um, you know, I think things obviously didn't work out in Calgary for me and uh, same thing here for Luch. So a uh, change of scenery for both of us. And, um, you know, I'm really, uh, really happy to be here. We got a lot of, uh, you know, turnover here, uh, a lot of change. And um, looking forward to, uh, to working with that. All right. So a little bit there from uh, James Neal. And, of course, we will have extensive Oilers coverage throughout the season here on 630 Chat. I want to introduce you to this young man. He is from St. Albert. And uh, maybe a name you want to file away. And maybe we'll see this guy in an NHL crease two, three, four, five years down the road. He, uh, like I said, he's from St. Albert. Very good year last year with UMass Amherst. Led the team to the Frozen Four final. Couldn't quite get the victory. His name is Matt Murray. Yes, uh, same name as the Pittsburgh Penguins goaltender. And what's interesting about St. Albert's Matt Murray 
is that he got invited to Penguins development camp this summer. I, I caught up with him, and of course, I, I had to ask him about being the other Matt Murray. That's been an ongoing joke for uh, for a few years now. Um, definitely, it's almost daily where I'll we'll hear that, especially around the rink, especially in new areas. But uh, at, at this point, it's, it's all in good fun, so I don't mind. Well, you're making a name for yourself. Tell me what it was like to be at uh, Penguins development camp this summer. It was awesome. It was a really great experience um, for me to, on, on, on a development side and seeing how how things are run there in, in, the, in the professional. Um, I, I thought it was it was a great uh, a great experience, and I and I was very grateful that I was able to have that opportunity. You know a little bit about your journey. There, there's so many ways to to become a pro to make the NHL these days. You obviously played uh, with the Saints. You played on some pretty good teams there too, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. No, I played uh, I played two years in Spruce Grove before going to um, the U.S. For, for my last year junior. And uh, and and in Spruce Grove, we were, we had two years where we were very strong teams. I had. Um, Great leadership, and we had, and we had a, a solid core group of veteran guys, and uh, it was it's probably the best way I could, I could ever imagine my first two years of junior hockey going. And um, yeah, no, it was it was those two years that were huge stepping stones in my development, and that and that really kickstarted a lot. It, when did you feel you're really starting to get noticed and maybe approached with scholarships and uh, and you know teams interested in you? Was that while you're with the, with the Saints? Yeah, yeah, it was it was with Spruce Grove, and um, I'd, I'd committed to um, University of Massachusetts Amherst when uh, when I was in Spruce Grove there as well. Um, it was it was a different experience once 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 teams started talking to you and then you started knowing. Uh, noticing a couple suits in the stands here and there so uh, it was it was a very cool experience too and when you're growing up and, and having that exposure how have you what's it like playing NCAA hockey I mean college sports in in the states can be a little different from from Canada certainly when you talk about football and stuff but what's it like playing uh, college hockey there oh it's amazing um, our, our school loves us uh, and, and and there's and from the top down from um, from faculty to uh, supporters to to students, they're they're all they're always in our corner and and they're they're always cheering for us and we got amazing support from the school and then campus life too is great. Um, you're going to school and playing hockey, so there's not much more you can ask for. Uh, and yeah, I know it's been a great experience so far. Well, a pretty good experience. I know you wanted one more win at the end of the year last year, but just going to the Frozen Four, going to the championship game. How do you sort of now reflect on what what happened a few months ago? I think most of the reflection is is over and done with. At, at this point, I'm I'm just looking forward to this year at, ahead. I'm looking forward to getting to back, getting back to school um, on on this weekend and uh, and getting things rolling there. What are you studying? I'm I'm doing a major with uh, sport management and finance. Oh, good stuff. Yeah. How do you how are you enjoying balancing the school and hockey life? I know some guys that's a big adjustment for them. Yeah, it's it's not too bad. I mean, I was going I was going to high school when I was still playing junior hockey too, so I, I kind of have that that experience there. Um, we we have so many resources on campus too to help us out and and make sure that we're staying on track. And, and, all, and all the guys on the team and everything are, are so good with that as well. So it hasn't been too difficult, and I'm, I have to say that I'm used to it. Goalies you admired or looked up to when you were a young guy growing up? When I was a young guy, I'd have to say Cam Ward for sure, um, especially from being from this area. Um, then... Dwayne Rolson when he was with when he was with the Oilers because it was just a great run for him and I was, was a really big fan of him as play and now currently I'd have to say 
Um, Andre Vasilevsky and Carey Price would, would definitely be my two for, for the modern day era. And, you know, I know you're fully engaged in, in playing college, but obviously you'd love to play pro, you'd love to play in the NHL. What kind of things do you think you got to round out in your game to get there one day? I, th I think just tighten up things in, in the net, um, getting, getting faster, getting, getting more, more, uh, more consistent in my gameplay, and just overall finding, finding something every, every day that I can improve on, and, and hopefully I can get to that level. That is Matt Murray, and as he said off the top, he hears it all the time, the other Matt Murray, but he's making a name for himself, currently playing with UMass Amherst, got to go to Penguins Development Camp. It does not get signed by the Penguins, but the college players are allowed to go to development camps. Young man from St. Albert, keep that name in mind. Keep that name in mind. A lot of promise there. It is 7-18. We're going to have boxer Ryan Ford in studio at... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Tough result for him over the weekend in London, England, in a match. Andrescu up 4-3 in the third set. We'll keep you updated on that as well. 7-18. Hi, this is Armando Sebo of the Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Well, the Eskimos back at practice tomorrow. They host Calgary on Saturday. It's on 630 Chad with the face-off show at 3.30, and the game will start at 5. Meanwhile, the Canada West football season underway. The U of A Golden Bears will be in Regina on Friday. Last Friday, they fell behind and then oh so close to a dramatic comeback against the Calgary Dinos. The Golden Bears quarterback is Brad Lonhart. Brad, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for having me. It is good to talk to you as uh, the Golden Bears are getting ready for their second game of the season coming up on Friday in Regina. I, I want to look ahead to that, but I, I got to get you to take me through that game against the Dinos this past Friday. You guys wind up falling in the end 41-31. You threw for over 350 yards and maybe not the first half you guys wanted, but you, you certainly stormed back in the second half. Yeah, I think uh, we started moving the ball well in the first half for a few drives and then we just made mistakes on our own, uh, throwing interceptions, turning the ball over, um, just taking penalties and that kind of stuff. And those things just kill drives, kill momentum. And the good thing was is that in the second half, we were able to find momentum and just build on it and kept building on it and just didn't have enough at the end a little bit, I guess. Uh, I mean, look, you've been playing football for a while. I mentioned the score. There was uh, total offense. Uh, you guys had almost 500 yards. Calgary had almost 400. There were close to 400 yards in penalties combined between the two teams. And then, you know, I referenced the, the crazy comeback you guys had. Like, was that one of the craziest games you've ever played in? Where does the, where does that rank? Uh, yeah, it was pretty wild. To, like, you think about how much the ball moved just in the yards you talked about. Um, it's a lot of offense. Uh, it's a lot of a lot of crazy things happening with the penalties, and you know I think we did a good job of reacting well when penalties hit us. When when we get a flag, you know we 
turned it into something positive and tried to make a play the next play, and we did a good job of that. And kind of what we need to focus on and do more of moving forward, I guess. You know, tell me a little bit about just being a Golden Bear and and the expectations for this season. Obviously, uh, you know it's been a while since the team was was really good. They did have a playoff appearance a couple of years ago, but but a lot of tough seasons. Tell us about being a player on the team where you know often there's uh, the the preseason predictions aren't strong. Maybe you're not a favorite going into a lot of games, and, it, and it's been a tough time for the program as a player. What, what is the environment like though? Um, I think like our focus this year has kind of just been focused on ourselves, um, not letting the outside noise affect us. I think that's been uh, something Coach Morris has harped on for a bit. Um, understanding that what we have in the room is all that is every, everything that we need to win is in this room, and understanding if we execute and do our jobs that we're going to do that well. Um, I've, like coaches said, like we can't guarantee where we're going to be, but. Each week, if we just focus on the next week moving forward, I think we have a lot of stuff in this room to take us very far if we just focus on what's ahead of us and just keep building on it each week. U of A Golden, uh, U of A Golden Bears quarterback Brad Lonhart joining us tonight on Inside Sports. What? Tell us a little bit about Regina. You're going there to face them on Friday. Yeah, uh, obviously last week they had a good week. They they had a really good game against GBC. Um, in all phases of the game, I think us uh, looking at the film, I think uh, we understand they're a good team. We can't um, overlook them and not think that. Um, we have to go in and I think uh, just take them. We have to have our confidence that we had coming in, but we got to respect them as opponents. And we just we have to take advantage of some of the things we do. And that's kind of what we're looking at is how can we attack them moving forward. Tell me a little bit about your journey here, Brad. Obviously, you, you played junior football here in Edmonton with the Huskies and uh, and now with the Golden Bears program. Were there, were there a lot of uh, options for you for you sports, or tell us about the decision to become a Bear? Uh, well, I first, out of high school, I had the chance to come to U of A. I came to U of A and played here for two years. Um, things kind of just didn't work out. We wanted a different development path, so I went and played junior um, and was fortunate enough to have uh, Coach Walters as an OC and you know, his system just kind of fits who I am. And I was kind of, I've had a lot of success as a team. We had a success as a team down in junior. Um, but like coming out of junior, I think like just my age and just kind of the awesome offense that I was in, it's not a lot of teams run a similar offense. Um, it was kind of just U of A had kept me in mind, which I was grateful for. And they're kind of one of the only few teams. There's a few teams, but U of A was one of the only teams that was kind of, seriously interested in me and I was grateful to have an opportunity to come back here and obviously it's worked out pretty well okay well obviously uh, an exciting game on Friday I know you didn't get the result that that you wanted but hopefully you can turn that around this weekend in Regina Brad thanks for checking in tonight I'm sure we'll talk again throughout the year really appreciate your time okay thanks so much have a good week thanks Brad Lonhart, quarterback for the U of A Golden Bears. Uh, huge game statistically against Calgary on Friday. Couldn't quite get the victory in the end. Back at it in Regina on Friday. Hey, how about this? We have a Canadian in the semifinals of the U.S. Open. Bianca Andreescu winning her quarterfinal tonight. Just wrapped up a couple of minutes ago over Elise Mertens. Andrescu winning it 3-6-6-2-6-3. Awesome stuff. She is so fun to watch. Murr the Stamps guy texting in. He says James Neal's biggest problem last year was his speed. He was a turtle. 
Well, we'll see if he can be quicker and more productive than Milan Lucic, the guy he was traded for. Boxer Ryan Ford with his story when we get back. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hi, this is Trevor Harris of the Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. You missed it before the break. Big news for tennis. Bianca Andreescu goes on to the semifinal at the U.S. Open, winning tonight in three sets over Elise Merton. So that is pretty exciting stuff there. My name is Reed Wilkins. It's Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630. Chad got a very special guest in studio. It's funny. I've tweeted out a couple of pictures of guests today. Travis Toomey, former U of A Golden Bear hockey player who's now going to be a linesman in the AHL and the NHL. He is much taller than me. I am, a, I am a short man. Travis is a tall man. And uh, my next guest, we're a little closer in height, though his body fat content, much less than mine and uh, much tougher than mine because he is a professional boxer. Edmonton's Ryan Ford is in studio. Ryan, good to see you. Hey, thanks a lot for having me. Like, the only thing I, I even remotely do athletically is I, I distance run, but <laughs> boxers are good runners as well. So. Yes, yes, we have to put in that road work <laughs> as well. <laughs> how, much do you, uh, how much do you run on a typical training day? Um, you know what? It's anywhere between three and five miles, you know, okay. five, five times a week, right? Or on the road there getting in that road work okay perfect stuff so that's uh that's good well thanks for coming in you've had an eventful few weeks and we're going to tell us a, a story here the last few weeks and, and i'm going to tell everybody we try to tell a lot of happy stories on this show this one doesn't necessarily uh have a happy ending but we're we're gonna we're gonna flesh that out because <laughs> may, maybe the ending can change first of all so you fought just this past saturday in london england and you were just saying off air, this came together relatively quickly for you. Yes, you know, I just actually fought on one of the biggest fight cards in the world, uh, Lomachenko versus Campbell in London, England at the O2 Arena, 20,000 people. So, um, you know, it was, it was pretty big. I, I got the call short notice, right? I got the call on three weeks notice. So, um, you know, me, I'm always in the gym, always staying in shape. So I was ready to take on the challenge. Well, I, I, I understand you're always ready and you're always in shape, but I, I mean, I've interviewed Jelena Genovich plenty of times over the years and there is that you you, you want to peak at the right time right and the can't that take several weeks so like yeah that's that's a thing especially when I do my training camps over in Montreal with my coach Jesse Thompson and uh, his assistant coach Sean Collins and so um you know back home it's more for me as just uh, you know staying in shape uh, but getting the real technical and the hard sparring rounds that all happens in Montreal. So okay. um, I got this call and I was like, booked the plane ticket and I was gone from home the next day and two weeks in Montreal to cram in as much as I could before we left England. 
Okay, so you're you're a light heavyweight. Light so heavyweight. What do you usually fight at? Um, that's the weight I fight at. 175 pounds. Well, sorry, I meant the exact. That's okay. So yeah, that's, yeah, that's light heavyweight for that. Yeah. And then when does it go up to heavyweight? Um, o- over 200 pounds is over 200. Is yes. it? Okay, heavyweight. So. Yeah. All right, so you go over there and you're fighting a. Uh, I mean, I've, I, there's an article I have in front of me. They're they're calling this guy your opponent, Joshua Buatzi. They're calling him a prospect. Is he a younger fighter? Yes, he's 26 years old. Okay. Um, you know, he's one of the top prospects in the UK, uh, bronze medalist at the 2016 Olympics. Okay. Um, you know, so uh, so it was a road game for you. Yeah, you know, my last few fights, uh, I've been on the road. You know, I've been Russia, Germany, and now England. All right, so you're taking on this young man. And uh, he's he's twelve and zero, and like you said, he's he's a promising guy. Uh, you're pretty good yourself, sixteen and five. And by the way, you, you've only been boxing the last few years, which we're going to talk about too. But <laughs> but this guy won by. Well, let's. I'll ask you this way. Right now, how is this fight recorded? As they a, have it as him winning as a knockout, which is clearly <laughs> okay. So I'm going to say something here. I don't want to put you in a tough spot. He, I, I saw the video, and you would have lived this. It, it looked to me like, quite frankly, he punched you in the testicles. Yes, a low blow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you were like usually a knockout. You take one to the head and you fall down. Yeah, or a body shot. Right. Um, my right. last fight in Germany to win the WBC international light heavyweight title, I uh, knocked him out in the eighth round, and it was a clean knockout. He was right. out cold. You know, this was different. Um, a lot of people were sleeping on me. They were bringing me in because they knew I'm a durable fighter. I can right. go the 12 rounds. I can go the 10 rounds, which this fight was you've never to be. been knocked out, right? I've never been knocked out. Have you ever out. been knocked down before this? Never been knocked down. Amazing. So, okay. um, you know, that that's the thing with me is um, I'm a very durable fighter. Uh, my coach says, Ryan, your chin is like steel. It's, <laughs> it's amazing. And, uh, you know, I, I think I kind of get that from my dad because, you know, my dad was Canadian lightweight champ, ranked three in the world. And, uh... I was actually uh, able to see one of his fights against Ray Boom Boom Mancini. Nice. And um, he took a couple shots, and I was like, that's where I get my chin from. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, these guys were sleeping on me. They brought me in because they knew I was a durable fighter uh, because this guy's not been past the six, round, six rounds. Um, so, you uh, know, they so knew they I was a guy push okay. that would push him. And that was that. that's me. I come, and this guy's never been fighting off his back foot before. I was pressing him the whole fight, and he wasn't used to that. Okay, so when he delivered the punch, the low blow, obviously you're not in great shape, you're not expecting that, and so then... Like, how much time did they give you to recover? Did the, yeah. What did the ref say? Like, what's going on? See, now, this is, this is where it gets uh, complicated. Um, when you get hit with a low blow, it's in the rules. Uh, the British Boxing Board of Control rules, all of rules of boxing. If you get hit with a low blow, you get time to recover. Sure. Five minutes. After that five minutes is over, if you don't want to continue, they will give the fight to the other fighter. I didn't get that five minutes. He hit me in the low blow. The ref was in clear sight and saw exactly what happened. I hit the ground. I yelled at him, low blow. I never felt this pain before in my life. Mm -hmm. And thank God I have two beautiful kids already because he hit me hard with the left hook. I yelled at the ref, low blow. My corner is yelling at the ref. He didn't care. All he was doing was counting. And... He counted me out. And that was it? That was it. 
uh, all right. So do you think? And I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you what's gonna happen. So this this young man Buatzi and a, a promising fighter. Do you think? Maybe you don't know. Like, do you think he did this intentionally? He was frustrated. He made a mistake. I mean, because it could have been he wasn't trying to hit you that low, but maybe he did. Yeah, you know, I can say what I want. I don't know what's going on in his corner, right? right. I do know that he was getting very frustrated because he couldn't hit me in the body. You know, he's knocking everybody else. He's out knocking everybody that he's out. He's fought. Right? You know, I was talking crap to him from round one until he low blowed me. He knew he couldn't. I was telling him, "That's all you got," and. He's like, I'm here. And I'm like, well, we ain't going nowhere. And, you know, I hear this corner kept yelling, go to the body, go to the body. And I'm yelling at, and I'm talking to him, tell him, hit my body. He couldn't hit my body. So, you know, a good way to slow somebody down is hit him low, okay. right? <laughs> Jeez. You got time to trash talk in the middle of a fight? You know what? It's... uh <laughs> When it's different, you know, people who've never been in there and competed, you know, for me, when when I start get going and it's like I'm feeling good in there, I don't know, I start talking. It's just something, you know. It's it's just even with the mouth guard, you can, even with you, the you mouth can, people guard, people understand what you're saying. <laughs> I guess both boxes. Well, both of us were so face translating. So yeah, tra- yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, that's that's really un- unfortunate. Do you think? I don't know if you saw the scores. Do you think you were winning the fight? Um, you know what? I can't say whether I was winning or if I was losing. Mm-hmm. I was in the fight. Sure. So I'm not saying I lost every round. Well, I and you're one punch away rounds. from winning, right? Exactly. And that is the thing is, you know, a lot of people are saying, oh, well, it was inevitable. It, w- it was about to happen. You can't say that. You're not a, you don't have a crystal ball in front of you and telling you what's going to happen mm-hmm. in the future. My last fight in Germany, I got low blowed, knocked me to the ground. I got back up, they gave me a few minutes, and I knocked him out in the eighth round. Right. So you can't count anybody out when something like that happens. Ryan Ford joining us in studio tonight on uh, Inside Sports Light Heavyweight Boxer, telling us about taking on Josh Buatzi this past weekend in London, and uh, Ryan unfortunately felled by a low blow, as he told you, wasn't called. So now what happens? Can, can you protest this? Yes. What's the process? Yes. Well, uh, me and my team, uh, Mel Lubavac, Kale Boxing, um, we've uh, called the British Boxing Control Board today because we went through their um, regulations, rules and regulations, and it's outlined in there. No low blows, no behind the head. And, and that's another one, you know. He hit me with a low blow, and as I was going down, he hit me with a right hand behind the head. So that's two illegal blows. Sorry, as you were going to the ground, he as smacked I, you. Yes, he hit me in the back of the head to knock me down. And it's, it's unfortunate that I got counted out on this, whereas the fight after my fight, mm-hmm. th- almost the exact same thing happened. Uh, the, the Mexican fighter was fighting an English fighter. And uh, knocked the English fighter down. As the English fighter was going down, he hit him again when his knee was on the ground, hit him in the side, and they re- recorded it a no contest right at the beginning. Really? Right then. So, um, Cause what, so what's the exact rule once there's anything other than a foot on the ground you can't? Yes, when your knee's down on the ground right. or your hand is down on the ground. But if you're a guy's in the process of falling, you can still finish a punch. Yes, okay. but it has to be an illegal punch. Well, of course. Right. Yes, yeah. yes. So, um, you know, Mel, we've reached out to the British Boxing Control Board and let them know about these fouls that has happened. Um, you know, we've uh, spoken with the WBA, and um, we're trying to get this protest to a no contest because on my box record saying a knockout, and there has not been a man that I've gone against or a kid... as I'm, you know, has been able to stop me. Well, 
you got to keep me posted on this. I mean, is this unfortunately going to take a while, or they can watch some video in the next week and decide? If they can watch the video tonight, and it's not hard to decide, it's low. Right. Um, So um, hopefully we get a call back from them tomorrow, you know, with the time change and whatever, right? But Um, I I would, sorry to cut you off, I'm just thinking, though, still for you, now the best case scenario is a no contest. Whereas if this would have been enforced correctly at the time, it could have been a win. It could have been a win. Your best case scenario, not saying it would have been, but it could have been. Yes, and, you know, a lot of people don't understand the boxing game that, you know, we put in this hard work, this dedication, this sacrifice, you know, we put our life on the line for a call like this to happen. And you don't understand, like, this puts me back now. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm 37 years old. Uh, My window of opportunity is now. Me getting a call like this and a knockout on my record other promoters out in the world are wondering oh this guy's been knocked out so we don't really want to yeah bring they're him not in, watching you know? the circumstances so, and yeah. and we need to understand where the money is too if i would have won this fight i would have been going into some big money fights now i'm right back to the beginning again yeah right so um that's the biggest thing it's like you know it's not only just losing the fight and the bad call it's this is my career and you know at my age it's taking off a lot of time well thanks for telling your story and like i said i i i've seen i've seen the video and when i saw it i was like oh that's that's not good that's <laughs> yes. uh, that's not, not not good and so keep us up to date. can you stick around because i want to get into a little bit of your backstory too yes for Cause sure because you, you used to do mma and uh yeah, very yeah. interesting guy ryan ford in studio inside sports on 630 chat hi this is ryan Eugene hopkins from your edmonton oilers you're listening to inside sports with reed wilkins on oilers radio 630 chat all right good to have you tuning in tonight Bianca Andreescu advancing to the semifinals of the U.S. Open, beating Elise Mertens of Belgium tonight, 3-6-6-2-6-3. Good stuff there. Joined in studio by boxer Ryan Ford. Uh, I, I wasn't even introducing you this way, and I should have been. You're the WBC Silver Light Heavyweight International Champion. Yes. So, that, so that's pretty cool. Uh, you had a really tough time uh, this weekend in uh, in London, losing to Josh Buatzi, but he delivered you the the low blow, low blow, the low blow. So you're protesting that. So hopefully that goes well. You mentioned you're 37. Yes, 37 years young. And how long have you been boxing? Uh, I've just been boxing professionally for four years. Okay, so who in their right mind starts starts boxing at the age of 33? You get there's got to be a story here. Um, you know what? It, it's uh. I was fought mixed martial arts for 11 years, and um, you know I ended up uh, getting injury that I s- suffered three times in one year, and two of the times it ended up in training. And with mixed martial arts, the training is so taxing on your body. Mm-hmm. You know you have to deal with five to seven different martial arts and try to cram that all into one day. So you know you're going home, waking up in the morning, neck, back, knees elbows everything sore but you have to get back in the gym and train so um after those injuries happened i was like you know what let's go back to my roots let's go to boxing where i only have to focus on one thing okay don't get me wrong the training is not easy at all but you know there's no wrestling i'm not my back waking up in the morning you know like those type of things okay uh what i mean 
I, I know, I mean, at, at 37, looking back to when you were a, a kid, or were you like an athletic kid, though? Were you a hockey player like most of us, or uh, what did you do? You know what? I played football. I, I played everything. Okay. You know, I, I was a born athlete, so anything that I played, I did well at. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's pretty good. Well, and, uh, you know, Robin Brownlee, longtime Edmonton media guy, firing off a tweet that uh, he used to cover your dad. Yeah, so that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. My dad, he was, uh, you know, he was ranked number three in the world. Fought the likes of Ray Boom Boom Mancini, uh, Michael Logity, Aaron Pryor. So he's fought the who's who, he, you know. And it was actually uh, awesome because my first time, you know, I was fighting in Russia, fighting in Germany, and my dad's like, I never fought in those places. And as I finally I got this fight, and I fought in England, but I fought in the O2 arena where right. my dad actually fought in Wembley. Oh no! So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Amazing. So I was like, well, at least I was in England. I fought in England, one of the same places that she did. <laughs> oh, that is amazing. That, yeah, that is uh, that is awesome. Awesome. What was was like anybody cheering for you in London with the um, English kid? You're... Yes, well, uh, my wife was. Uh, Your she wife, came, good. She came there. She was cheering for me, and um, you know what? I there was a few fans out there. You know, I, I thought it was actually going to be a little bit rougher on my walk out to the ring, but you know, I only heard a couple boos, and uh, but you know what? That's going into enemy territory, yeah, right? You're going to feel right? that, and at the end of the day, it's tunnel vision. We walk through. I don't. It's it is what it is. I'm there, and I'm trying to cause an upset. So. <laughs> uh, boxing is, it's you know it's one of those sports. It's it's uh, it's fallen under fire, head injuries, all that kind of stuff. You know, as a as a boxer, what do you say to the people who say like, ah, oh, it's it's too barbaric, or I'd, I'd never put my kid or a family member into it because it's it's too dangerous? How do you respond to that sort of stuff? <sighs> Walking out your door is dangerous. You never know when your time's gonna come. You know, um, it's just there's a certain percentage of people that do combat sports, you know. It's not like we're just um, getting in the ring with no training and uh, getting in there and just, oh, let's punch each other in the face, right? There's, uh, we're professionals for a reason, you know. Uh, this is what I do as a full-time job, you know. It's training, running, eating. It's 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 my life. So, um, you know, uh, people say this is dangerous, but, you know, uh, if you look at a former boxer, a world champion, Pernell Whitaker, uh, he, you know, rest in peace in him. He just passed away, I believe, three months ago, walking through a cross rock. Somebody hit him, you know. So you got to look at life like you got to take risks, right? If you're not living your life, what are you living for? <laughs> That's a good way to put it. <laughs> you know, so you fought Saturday. Back when are you back training? I've been back in the gym this morning. Nice. Right <laughs> yes, back you at know, it. I'm right back at it. it and uh you know it's 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 just one of those things that with me it's you gotta eat, breathe and and live it, right? Um like I was saying they call this the hurt business, right? It's not like we can just go to work and they say your boss is like, you're fired. Well, the way we get fired is you're usually knocked out and looking up at the stars. Right. So, you know, um, it's with this sport, with mixed martial arts, with the combat sports, you have to be 100% in this. There is no being half out of it, you know, 50-50. This is a sport that you can get injured in. So, you know, my my advice to someone who wants to get into boxing or who wants to get into mixed martial arts is believe that this is real it's not you know a lot of people just see the flashy lights they see us under the bright lights and they see you know floyd mayweather these guys with all this money and they think that you know it's a life but they don't understand the hard work sacrifice and dedication that we put in to get there it's not just let's walk into the ring and fight 
Yeah. It's a lot of work for, uh, well, how, what would you have, 36 minutes of fighting, I guess, if it went the distance? Yes, yes, you know, and that 36 minutes is a long <laughs> time. <laughs> well, Ryan, th- this is great to have you in. Thanks for telling the story of, of your fight in, in London. I, I hope you get a, the best possible resolution out of this uh, and you get that uh, KO off your off your record because, like I said, I, I, I saw the video. It didn't look like a, a legal punch. I ain't no boxing expert, but it didn't look like a, a legal punch to me. And uh, <laughs> and I guess you're, you're waiting now for your next opportunity. Yes, yes. You know, I'm back in the gym, back on the grind, and um, obviously trying to figure out what's going on with this. But, uh, you know, uh, I'm looking to get in the ring as soon as I can. <laughs> Ryan, well, you're representing Edmonton uh, very well. So good for you and, and all the best. We'll talk again down the road. Thank you very much for having me. That is Ryan Fort in studio, the WBC Silver Light Heavyweight International title holder and uh, telling you the story of his fight in London on Saturday. Okay, uh, again, big story tonight. Bianca Andreescu, Canadian tennis player, through to the semifinals at the U.S. Open, wins her quarterfinal in three sets tonight over Elise Mertens. Andreescu dropped the first set, 6-3, comes back to win 6-2, 6-3 in the second and third sets, respectively. Oilers' rookie camp starts tomorrow. So Bob Stoffer on Oilers now from noon to 2. We'll have more on that, as I will, on Inside Sports tomorrow evening. And, of course, the Eskimos back at practice getting ready for the Stamps on Saturday. Dave Campbell's the producer of the show. Kellen Kennedy, your studio producer this evening. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great night. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.